Hi, welcome to another episode of Experiencing Motherhood Single and Black. I am your host, Kim, and I'm so excited that you have decided to tune in. If this is your very first time listening, welcome. If you are part of the community here, Welcome back. I really appreciate each and every one of you for taking the time out to listen. Thank you. If you missed out on the previous episodes of the Build Brand Bank series, you need to go back and get your life. We started out with Terry of the Single Moms University, and she talked about building your confidence. So if you have been thinking about starting a business or thinking about starting a blog and you just don't feel like you can do it or you just don't think that you can do it, go listen to that episode and receive some encouragement, some motivation, inspiration. She'll get you together. After Terry, I had a chance to sit down and talk with Valencia, who actually paid off her debt using side hustles so that she was able to bank and start a business, okay? After Valencia, I had the opportunity to talk to Nikisha of NikishaWin.com last week, and she talks about blogging as a single mom. So she started out to share her journey as a single mom of four kids and begin to monetize that blog. So definitely if you are um you're thinking about blogging and you are not sure, you don't know where to start, how to start, that is a great episode for you to check out. All right. So this week we are actually talking about running a business as a single mom. So You have learned how to build your confidence. You have learned how to use side hustles to save up money and build your bank. You've learned how to start a blog. And so now it's time to learn how to run that business and how do you maintain with your kids as a single mom. All right. So before we jump into the conversation with Tara, I just wanted to let you guys know that I have started the Facebook group. So join the community if you haven't already. It's a great way to connect with other single black moms. I will actually link that in the show notes so you can check it out. Also, if you have been sending me DMs or leaving comments on Instagram, which I so very appreciate, I would even more appreciate it if you guys would leave those reviews um, on Apple Podcasts if that's where you listen or on SoundCloud. Thanking you in advance, okay? This weekend, I am hosting a Creating Your Very First Site with Squarespace class. A lot of you guys missed out on the first one a week and a half ago, so I'm doing another one. And if you are interested, um, it's a free course, and I'm going to be sharing everything I learned to create my first site. I didn't know anything about websites. So if that is you and you need to do your site because you don't have the money to pay a designer or you simply feel like you just can't do it, then this will be the class for you. So I'll also link this in the show notes and you can click on the link and sign up there. All right, let's jump into today's episode. Please bear with us on the audio. Tara had to actually run some errands while we were talking, so we did the best we could. Hi, Tara. Welcome to Experiencing Motherhood Single and Black. I'm so excited to sit down and talk to you today about running a business as a single mom. How are you? I'm well, Kim. Thank you for having me. I truly appreciate the opportunity to chat with you this morning. Awesome. Can you take a moment to just introduce yourself to the listeners? Yeah, yeah, not a problem. I am Tara Jackson. I am the Upwing LLC, um, as well as Tara Jackson Consulting. We're actually in the moment right now where we're merging brands. 
I'm a lifestyle consultant. Um, I assist women who have experienced some level of childhood trauma, turn that trauma into transformation from pain to purpose. I also am a self-published author of Single in the City, the Single, Mo Single Mom's uh, Guide to Entrepreneurship. Um, I also dabble in a little bit of graphic design, website design, some of my side hustles as a single mom, um, as well as um, I mentor. Okay, awesome. Now, let's get into your story a little bit. So, I know you used to work in corporate America. At what point did you know, like, it was time for you to leave, like, and start your own business? Right. Well, I actually was working on my MBA um, a little over five years ago, as well as putting together Respect the Queen. Um, I was working from home as a litigation clerk for a law firm, and Kim, I would say for probably a year, I was trying to figure out how to get fired or how to get laid off so that I could get unemployment. Um, I was just at a point of... You know how when you get on a new job and you're super excited about learning the information and then you've learned all that you can learn, you've gotten all the promotions you're going to get, or you haven't gotten all the promotions that you, you know, you apply for, you're not feeling um, self-fulfilled. And I was just really over it and, you know, asking God for direction. I wasn't really sure of myself as far as running this business. I had been in business about... Um, maybe nine months at that time, and I got a phone call because I was working from home that said um, that they were laying off people, they were going into a meeting, and they would let me know by the end of the day if that was me. And in that moment, I knew that I didn't get this phone call by mistake. And so I spent the rest of the evening or the rest of the afternoon kind of preparing myself mentally for being laid off that day you know, didn't have really a safety net, didn't have a plan if that was going to happen. And I got a phone call from my boss later that afternoon, and he was upset and crying. He was a young guy, super emotional, and he's like, yeah, Carol, so it's you. And I was so okay with that in that moment. Again, not having a plan, not knowing what I was going to do or what my next step was going to be. And my mother had to remind me, Carol, you have a business. <laughs> You have a business, you know, this is the time that you haven't been able to really invest in this business. You need to invest in this business. You know, things were going fairly okay for my business, but as we all know, when you're working corporate and you're trying to work a business, um, it just proves to be so difficult because you don't have a lot of time. You're, you're well invested to your eight hours, nine hours, 10 hours a day um, in corporate. And so... I remember my prayer as clear as day is, God, if you can allow me to make this $14 an hour in my business that I'm making in corporate, you know, at least I know that I can take care of my children. I can take care of my household. Um, and I just, I mean, I really just took a chance. It was the biggest risk that I ever took on myself to say, I'm going to invest all my time into this business. You know, it's so crazy, Kim, in three months. I made $50,000 like that. Um, and in that moment, it was just like, I knew that I knew that I knew this is what I was supposed to do because I was the worst employee ever. Like, I couldn't follow direction. I always thought that things should go a different way. I was never happy in any of the environments that I worked in. Um, but obviously, you know, even going to business school, you know, graduating with a BA in business management, I wasn't really for sure how this business thing worked. Um, you know, obviously very different than corporate, but I just knew that working for someone else and the things that we go through when we're working for someone else, you know, belittling yourself, not feeling worthy enough, um, not necessarily being paid what you're worth. Um, doing the job of, you know, several people were being paid for, you know, um, as, as one, it just wasn't for me. And I think I knew that along the way. I just didn't know anything else to do besides what I was groomed to do. And that was to go to work and provide for my children. So, you know, being laid off just really opened up the door to being able to be a full-time entrepreneur. Um, I think I had to just trust 
that I could do this thing. Um, no matter what the small critic says, the voice of the critic says, I had to try it anyway. Interesting. That that is really awesome. I think a lot of people are afraid to trust the process. And I know you said that that was one thing that you had to do. You had to trust that it was going to work. You know? So what was actually the first business venture that you had? Respect the Queen. Um, I initially opened Respect the Queen um, as a women's empowerment movement. I uh, made a few t-shirt designs and it literally took off overnight. And it was really supposed to be about women's empowerment, but on a fluke. I was in Photoshop trying to teach myself how to create designs. Um, and you know how it goes when you're a solo entrepreneur, you're like, you're everything to your business. You're the accountant. You're, you know, you do merchandise and inventory control. You do your own design. You do all these things because you don't necessarily have the capital to pay someone. And on a fluke, I created a design um, when sublimation t-shirts and sweatshirts with these big face natural hair designs started to emerge on the scene. And I made one that was a rendition of Erica Badu in it literally took off overnight and my company went from women's empowerment to like fashion and design and clothing um so i kind of had these two different businesses within one going on at the same at the same time um this has been a little over five years ago um i opened up respect the queen i ran that company successfully for a long time um, but I didn't understand what I understand today about oversaturating your market. Um, I didn't understand work-life balance. I didn't understand delegating, um, you know, your your needs to experts or whatnot. So, um, from respect the queen, I opened up Liberation Apparel. Um, men were seeking out my designs, wanted me to do something for men. Again, because I didn't know what I know today, I expanded my business too fast. And I opened up Liberation Apparel, which was for men. Um, I ran that company for about a year before I had to have an honest conversation with myself that this isn't working. Um, I'm not generating enough money. Um, I'm not, I really don't know what the hell I'm doing. Um, as far as running two companies at the same time, I'm oversaturating my market. I'm stressed out. I'm doing it alone. And so I decided after a year to shut that business down. Um, and then I found that I really wasn't fulfilled with respect to Queen because it had turned into this fashion clothing design type of business. I had lost sight of women's empowerment um, and the manner in which I wanted to convey my message and you know, speak to women and really work with women from a personal development side. The t-shirts were just kind of like a gimmick to have some sort of tangible product to sell. Um, so I ended up relaunching Respect the Queen um, and I still wasn't happy. I wasn't happy because I was, I was more so focused on keeping my family afloat than I was the business um, itself and the mission and the vision of the business and about I think two years ago, I literally quietly walked away from the clothing aspect of Respect the Queen, um, and I opened and launched Pear Jackson Consulting. It allowed me to focus on personal and professional development for women, um, because mind you, I'm still tap dancing around my purpose. I'm still tap dancing around my vision. I'm still tap dancing around what God is saying to me quietly, but I'm afraid to do. And so for the last couple of years, I've ran Paradox and Consulting um, in assisting women in building businesses, um, helping women to identify um, where their internal baggage is spilling over into their business. So this was kind of like my back door into helping sisters. And, um, you know, here we are again, tap dancing. <laughs> around our purpose and our mission and so where i'm at today current day kim is um really removing all of the ventures that i have found myself in that do not align with god's purpose for me um, i am merging Tara jackson consulting into respect the queen um, from a personal development side and i'm shedding all of this other stuff that i got going on um, as far as business is concerned so i've, I've had a few 
different ventures, but I've had a few of the same ventures and just from different perspectives, different angles. Um, and now I'm pretty much grounded in Respect the Queen um, by Tara Jackson, um, which is where I'm at current day. Uh, so pretty much in a, 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 a lot of different stuff going on as an entrepreneur. And so you pretty much find your footing in, okay, I can walk in these shoes. These shoes fit me. Um, so, you know, the life of an entrepreneur for sure. Yeah, so it seems like it just took you a while, to, like you said, kind of figure out how to, like, actually walk in your purpose versus, like, tap dancing mm-hmm. around it. And so it doesn't happen overnight, you know. Um, it seems like it took you a while to get to where you are today. And I think that's what most uh, people feel to realize is that, you know, it just takes time. And, again, just in the process. Right, absolutely. It's one of those things that we don't really recognize that whatever is going on in your internal life, your spiritual life, your mental and emotional life will prevent you from succeeding in your business. Um, You will find yourself self-sabotaging what it is that you have going on. Like I came into this thing wanting to help women and now here I am back to the basics of doing what God told me to do in the first place, but because I wasn't truly comfortable in my own shoes and because I hadn't done enough of the internal work, um, again, it allowed me to tap dance around this thing because I wasn't really sure of my own voice. I wasn't really sure of my own purpose. Um, And so those things prevented me. Those things had me opening up ventures for the sake of money or opening up ventures for the sake of, you know, taking care of my family um, and also attaching myself to things that didn't put me in the spotlight. Um, Still kind of afraid to really just say, this is who I am and this is God's mission for me. I'm going to do it anyway and trusting that God is going to supply all of my needs. Um, It's, It's one of those things that's a struggle. It has been a struggle for me, and I'm sure it's a struggle for other people when you don't necessarily have a tangible service, a T-shirt or a hat or, you know, something physical in nature. Uh, How do I sell it? How do I convey this message? How do I present it to the world that they're really ultimately buying me? Um, You know, I am the brand. I am the product and not this thing that I can put on, you know, a a, a pretty T-shirt. And that was hard for me. Um, that was really hard for me. I didn't know how to sell myself um, until I realized that, you know, just absolutely having to allow myself to be vulnerable, to be transparent, and to simply um, speak my own truth. Um, and that was really the catapulting moment, the transfer um, in letting go of all of these things that did not serve me well to do what God has asked me to do. Um, and that was a journey, Kim. That was a long journey, a whole <laughs> lot of sleep, a whole lot of fetal position, a whole lot of God, I don't know, a whole lot of prayer, a whole lot of failed attempts at running a business, a whole lot of money and a whole lot of nothing. Um, you know, um, yeah, but it, it, it's the journey. It's the journey. And if you're truly committed to this thing, you will fall down and get back up several times. Um, but if the mission is clear, if the vision is clear, um, you'll keep reaching, you know, to attain it. Um, and those doors really will open when you align. Yes. And then also now, you know, you're able to share those things that you did so that other women don't make those same mistakes by way of your coaching. Um, so that's amazing. Right, right, right. I think it's all trial and error, um, you know, in figuring it out. Even with the best business plan, you know, you still, there's still that small voice that, you know, can creep up on you and you just simply not know what's the next step you're supposed to take. Um, with all the education in the world, nobody teaches you business from a practical point of view, from an everyday point of view. It's, you know, it's a lot of book knowledge. Um, and so I've learned a lot of things more so from the mistakes that I've made. Um, and, you know, obviously being able to share that with other women um, who are, you know, whether they are, you know, moving forward in their business or their career or their education, 
um, you know, uh, hopefully assisting them with my own experience, my own strength, my own hope. But what I do know is that we all have our own journey and we all have our own stumbling blocks and barriers that we have to face and walls that we have to tear down. So even with the best information, um, you still got to learn what you got to learn. Yes. So it's like, um, I don't know. I just really think that people just have to like actually go through things first and then they can um, see that the journey is actually fit. You know, like everything that they've been through has impacted their life for some specific reason. But um, I know that you believe that everything is in us that we need to live a life of peace and prosperity. Now, did you always believe that, Tara, or was this just something that you actually learned? Um, girl, bye. No, ma'am. I didn't always. <laughs> no, ma'am. I, you know, I, for the better half of 30 years, you know, definitely was raised in a very dysfunctional, poverty stricken, um, very negative mindset. Um, I didn't even know what peace or prosperity was. Um, this journey with respect to Queen from an outward appearance, um, you know, it, it, it seems a certain way to people um, because they don't know the everyday struggles. They don't know, you know, what goes on as far as running a business, but this thing has been self-discovery. The more that I discover who I am, the more that I tap in and tune into who I am, the more that I recognize um, that peace and prosperity is attainable, that peace and prosperity is mine and I deserve it and I'm worthy of it. Um, and that, you know, some of the things that used to matter just don't matter anymore. And the more that I shift my mindset from lack to abundance, man, do those doors open. When you are, you know, aligned and you're, you know, you work consistently to be aligned with the most high God, like life just seems such, so much more simpler. Things don't seem as complicated. Peace and prosperity feels attainable. Um, it is attainable. Um, but it's a journey. It's a journey to get there. You know, entrepreneurship will take you to areas and spaces in your mind and your heart that you've never been. It will require you to pull from areas that you just didn't even know you had within you. It tests everything. You know, are you really are are you really who you say you are? Because we're in a public spotlight that people expect us to, you know, live up to their expectations at all times. Um, thankfully, I have positioned myself as far as my business is concerned is to be vulnerable enough to share the highs and to share the lows. But it's definitely, I mean, your mind, your your mind that has to um, be, you have to nurture that. You have to take care of that. You have to tend to that garden. You have to feed it positive information um, because, man, listen, when the PayPal notifications don't go off, do you still believe that peace and prosperity is yours? You know, can you, can you maintain? Um and it ain't always easy, sis, but it's, it's definitely worth the journey. Yes. Now, um, talking about, like, running a business as a mom, how are you actually able to keep everything afloat? And do you really feel like there is a thing called work-life balance? Because I've actually heard some moms say that they don't, they don't really believe in balance, and they think it's just a matter of prioritizing. So what is your take on it? Um, well, running the, running the business, I mean, just being a single mom in general, being a mom in general, um, you know, can definitely pull you in so many different directions. I think first and foremost, um, whether you're a single mom in business or you're a single mom in general, um, you have to learn to have balance in your own life, priorities in your own life, um, choosing yourself in your own life. And then when you topple that with running a business, um, I've had to learn that 
it never really just talked about this this morning before we got on the line. It never really works out the way that you envisioned. It would be nice if your kids got up at eight every day and you know breakfast was served and they got to school on time and you were back by you know ten and working on the business and you were done by five and the kids came home, you made dinner and washed clothes and everybody went to bed in a perfect world, you know. But this is not a perfect world and life shows up. Right. Um, and I think that a we as women have to do better in choosing ourselves first because when we choose ourselves first we're mentally emotionally spiritually much more well equipped to deal with the throws that life you know the things that life throws at you um having to run your business usually single moms are running their business alone i know that i am i know a lot of solopreneurs are and we don't necessarily have the capital to invest in a whole team we're running our households alone and we, we tend to deplete ourselves. So when we learn to choose ourselves first and taking care of ourselves spiritually, mentally, emotionally, it, life really balances itself out because you're not operating from a depleted space. So life really isn't as chaotic as we would like, for, we would like to say it is. It really comes back to you're not taking care of yourself first. You're not making sure that your needs are taken care of first because when I'm taking care of myself first, then I am a better business owner. I am a better mom because I am pouring from a full cup. And usually we're pouring from an empty cup. Everything is weighted on us as a single mom to take, a single mom in entrepreneurship or even out of entrepreneurship. The world is on our shoulders and sometimes the weight is too heavy. So does work-life balance exist? I don't know that it exists in the way that, you know, we read these articles and it's like, again, this perfect world and it's these rose-colored glasses and, you know, everything just goes on schedule. I think we figure it out. Um, I think that we learn to be much more, like you said, you know, others have said, much more organized, much more, um, our priorities um, seem to be more in line with what we have going on. I think that sometimes we have to say, my children need me more today than my business. Um, and I have to put down the computer. I have to put down the phone. I have to put down the pen. I have to close the notebook and attend to my children and be okay with that and not feel guilty that we haven't worked on the business today. Or Sunday, sis, we're working on the business and we have a deadline and we have to be focused on that deadline and maybe we didn't make a proper breakfast. Maybe they only had, you know, a banana and not the oatmeal. You know what I mean? And, and find a place where we, we can accept that that's okay. Um, it's okay to not have it all figured out every single day. Life is gonna show up. Um, and it's how you respond to life. It's how you deal with life that really makes all the difference. So, um, for me, work-life balance is really comes down to choosing Tara first, choosing to go to the gym instead of getting up at 8 o'clock in the morning and going straight to my computer, being okay with um, I might not get my, you know, everything done today that I want to get done today, or being okay with I'm not going to work today and I'm going to spend all day with my children. Um, you know, it really just depends on what works for that individual to me. I think it's, it's dangerous to make it a blanket statement because what I got going on in my life, Kim don't got going on in her life and vice versa. What works for Kim may not work for me. And to define the place in which you can operate in the most healthiest, happiest um, fashion um, that, you know, ensures that you're taken care of. Um, First and foremost, and I think we lose sight of that as women. I think we've been programmed to put everything ahead of us, the relationships, the kids, the job, the business, the whatever, and then we end up truly suffering in silence. Um, so I think that's kind of where the balance comes in and saying, I have to take care of me first. That doesn't mean I don't take care of my children. Hear me, ladies. That doesn't mean that I don't take care of my children, and that doesn't mean that I don't take care of my business. But that does mean that taking care of me first means I can take care of them better. Yes, I definitely agree. And it's like that thing 
where you can't pour into anyone else if you're not pouring into yourself. And I think you mentioned earlier on about how, you know, like self-education is so important. So for me, I like to get up and start my day like alone first, right? So like devotion, prayer, uh, whatever that looks like to get me ready so that I have some sort of peace of mind before my daughter even wakes up. So I'm in like a much better mood. Like if I wake up and I might've woke up on the wrong side of the bed, you know, I have some time to get myself together first. Cause otherwise, you know, I'm going to be like cranky trying to like fuss, like why is she not getting up right away? Why is she doing this or that? And so, yeah, I definitely agree with, um, you know, working on yourself first. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree too. I, I was in this crazy schedule for so long that as soon as my eyes opened, I would pray, thank you, God, and I'd be on a computer. Listen. And, okay, and a couple of months ago, I just made a firm decision. I was not going to allow my business to run my life. Um, and that it just wasn't, it was allowing me to be so depleted and so negative and, you know, irritable and frustrated. And as much as I loved my clients, I, like, dreaded answering the phone for them. So when I start incorporating prayer meditation and working out in the morning, and normally my day doesn't start now until about noon, um, and I have my calls scheduled out where I'm not talking to people every day, I'm not working on business every day, there's time carved out for me, man, listen, things are much more balanced, things are much more positive, things are much more effective and productive and progressive in my life instead of just you know how it goes. You wake up on the wrong side of the bed and all day long you're stubbing your toe. Yes. Or for me, like you go to work and everybody makes you mad. You know, you're just like, why are they even talking to me? Like, I don't want to be bothered, you know? And so, yeah. You know, it's definitely a transfer of energy. Um, what's going on within me protrudes outside of me. Um, and so when I do take the time out to take care of me first, I'm telling you, everybody else in your life wins when you take care of you first. You make better decisions in your business. You make better decisions in your personal life. You make better decisions for your children. Um, ultimately, when you take care of you first, and so I, I want to drive that into women, especially single mothers, because it is all falling on our lap. Um, you know, incorporating a better support system, whatever that looks like for you. Um, I'm far away from home, so my support system isn't as large as I would like it to be. Um, but learning to lean on my sisters, learning to lean on my family to help me take care of these kids and not trying to figure out how I have to do it all by myself, because I'm telling you something. I have a 17-year-old. Doing it all by myself um, you inflict certain things on your children that you don't intend to um, mm. because you are trying to do it by yourself and you are going to lack in some area because it's impossible to give your children everything they need by yourself. You can't. So you have to incorporate people into your personal life. You have to incorporate people into your business life, again, so that you don't deplete yourself. Um, it's very unhealthy to me to tell people, or not people, to tell women to live off of two hours of sleep, barely making no money, and take care of these children all by themselves, and then wonder why, you know, she's not the healthiest and her children aren't the healthiest, because she's been groomed to believe she got to do it by herself, and she doesn't. Right. That is so true. So, you have mentioned that, you know, you've been running Respect the Queen um, successfully for, I believe, five years. And so, yes, I want to know, like, how do you define success? Do you think success is, like, something that you define for yourself? Or do you think, like, there's, like, one definition that we should all go by? Because I've I've heard, like, different people say different things. And I think personally that we decide we define success for ourselves now what is your take on it I agree I agree uh, in the beginning of respect the queen I did a lot of comparing and contrasting to other people's business pages websites social media platforms their pretty pictures and how much money it appeared that they were making and we know this that comparison is a thief of joy mm -hmm. and I had to get back to self once again because it always comes back to self 
what does success mean for me? Because what it means for me, it doesn't mean for Kim or it doesn't mean for someone else. So for me, coming from where I come from, me getting up every day and not drinking and not partying, being able to provide a healthy platform, I mean, a healthy home for my children, a healthy home for myself, um, being able to take care of my, you know, financial responsibilities, my spiritual responsibilities, my mental and emotional health, those things prove to be success for me. I remember like maybe three years ago, I was looking around my house and I was really bogged down with bills and all of these things, these luxury things that I had in my home that meant nothing to me. They meant everything to other people from, you know, the outside looking in, but they meant nothing to me. Yes. You know, I was not connected to these things. And so I started to peel away the layers of things that I didn't need these things. I'm paying like $200 a month for a cable bill. Nobody watches TV. You know, so I started to peel away these things that no longer mattered and started to invest in the things that did matter. Myself, my well-being, my children, their well-being. And so to have a happy, healthy, functioning home, this is success for me. To be able to impact the lives of the women that God allows me to cross paths with to help them shift and shape their perspective on life, to help them change their mindset, to help them tap back into their own power, that is success for me. Money just happens to be something that comes along the way that I believe that God says, I'm going to take care of all your needs. Here you go. You know, you can pay the bills. But that's not the thing that defines success for me. Whether I am in a two-bedroom apartment or a five-bedroom home, I got to be okay with me regardless. And so if I use the materialistic things to define success, am I really okay with me outside of that stuff? And a lot of times we're not. A lot of times people are hiding behind the materialistic game, calling it success, and they're miserable. We see this all the time in the celebrity world. They have everything that we can desire or think that we want, but they're still unhappy. And so is that really success when you achieve all of these things in life and you're not happy within? And so I to get honest with myself. Those things don't matter. They're nice. It's not to say that, no, you know, I don't want a beautiful home and I don't want a beautiful car and, you know, those materialistic things, but they're not required in order for me to succeed. Um, and so success, success for me, um, Kim, is more of an internal job. Um, than it is external. Um, so I think it's different for everybody. Again, I think it's dangerous to make blanket statements and, you know, generalize um, these terms and, and kind of have this one size fits all approach because we're all different. We're all right. human. Mm -hmm. I need, you don't need. Um, somebody else may need the core to feel successful. It's not up to me to decide that. I have to decide what it means for me. Yes. So I guess like with that being said, um, with your coaching business, what are some things that you find in single moms like to be like repeat issues, right? You've noticed it in like more than two or three. And it just seems something that we all struggle with. Um, I think the first thing, and, you know, obviously I am a single mom. Um, I literally have a 17-year-old and a 15-month-old, so I've started the journey of being a single mom over again. Wow. Um, right. It's very different this time, though, than it was 17 years ago. I was young. I wasn't wise. I was wild. I was all of that. I'm much more firm in who I am today. Um, what I found for myself with my 17-year-old and what I find in my clients or even just everyday women that I come across, they can't let go of the promise that the man made to them before they got pregnant, or even during the pregnancy. Um, the, 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 the thing that they envisioned in their mind as far as this relationship with this young man and having this baby and this family, they can't let go of that. They can't let go of the anger and the resentment and the disappointment that he didn't follow through with his promise. Whatever promise that he made to you to stick and stay in this relationship, um, whatever understanding that they had of the relationship, because sometimes we find ourselves thinking the relationship is one thing and he thinks it's another. You know, he's not as invested in the relationship as you are. 
Um, and I, I find that they have had a hard time, and I even had a hard time um, letting go of the idea of raising my children with their father and accepting that he is not going to play a role in this child's life. And if he's not playing a role, um, you know, accepting that he's not, I, I think, I'm sorry, I got distracted. Um, I think that women just really have a hard time letting go of that. The shame that we have attached to women being single moms, um, you know, prevents us. I know the era and time that I grew up in was, I was 21 years old when I had my son. And, you know, I grew up, you know, byproduct of the 70s and 80s. You don't dare have a baby out of wedlock. You don't dare have a baby, you know, and you're not married or you're not with this person. Um, so it's this public shame. Um, it's it's feeling of the feeling of being you know of of of, of, of disappointment that my life didn't turn out the way that I thought it should, um, and then we kind of transfer into this space of okay now I'm pregnant or now I have this child and I'm on my own and we believe that now our lives have to go on the back burner, um, and so we can't invest in our future because we're stuck. We have to raise these kids. What do you mean go back to school? What do you mean run a business? What do you mean invest in my future? I have children to raise. You know, we're primarily focused on the first of the month. I got rent. I got bills. These babies got to be fed. Um, you know, and it keeps us stuck and stagnant. We don't know how to let go of the, the relationship. And we don't know how to move forward with our lives. So we're kind of, if you talk to women who are still you know, upset or bitter or resentful or disappointed, I promise you, they're going to go back to that era in time. They are stuck at 19. They are stuck at 21. They are stuck at 16. Whenever they got pregnant, they're stuck in that mindset. Um, they're not accepting the reality of their situation, and they're not accepting that it doesn't mean that your life is over. Um, you know, it definitely means you have another human being to take care of. It definitely means that you have more financial responsibilities than you had when you were just by yourself. It definitely means that, you know, life is going to shift and things are going to be different, but you still can have the future that you've been dreaming of. Um, and you don't have to wait. You don't have to wait until the kids turn 18. You don't have to wait till they're out of your home. You don't have to wait until you feel like it's this perfect time um, to invest in yourself. I my son, my son was a little over two or almost two years old when I went back to college. I devoted six years of my life round the clock nonstop to get, I achieved two, um, a dual BA in business management and administration. I turned right back around um, and got an MBA. Uh, and that's not to say that life was great, but I've been able to achieve these things anyway. Is it a lot much more work? Is it a lot more work than if you're by yourself and going to school? You're by yourself and you know learning a business. Of course, it's more work, um, but it doesn't mean that it's not attainable. Attainable. It's not impossible to live your best life, um, you know, in the company of raising children alone. And so I would I would say to sisters. Um, it's okay to feel disappointed. It's okay to feel like he broke his promise. It's okay to feel like it's unfair that you have been left to raise your children on your own. But what's not fair to yourself is to stay stuck there. Staying stuck there means misery. Staying stuck there means bitterness. It means resentment. It means that you are going to continuously work against yourself go for yourself if you don't find a space to accept that the relationship did not work out the way that I envisioned it to but God has better for me God will open up more doors for me to be able to take care of myself and my children in the best manner possible and I don't have to force this person to be there for the ride um when you can do that, it's such a freedom. I think my son was maybe 10, 11, 12 years old when I finally started to recognize that I could no longer continuously keep blaming this man 
and my roles in life. I had to put my big girl panties on and accept the fact that he was not going to help me raise my son. I had to move on with my life and start investing in myself instead of being so invested on what didn't go right or what I thought didn't go right in the past. And to be honest with you, my son's father still today at 17 years, 17 years later is a toxic person. So was God really hurting me or was God protecting me and my son for things that we could not see in the future? I couldn't imagine 17 years later that he would still be the same person, that he wouldn't have changed at all. So again, was God preventing us from being continuously hurt by this person? Was God protecting my son from someone who wouldn't have meant him no good? Does that shift? Shift my perspective. And also getting honest, Kim, with the fact that if I'm, if I'm being thoroughly transparent, who my son's father is today is who he was back then, and I knew that. And because I was unhealthy, I attracted someone in my life that did not have the ability to take care of himself, let alone me, and a child. And when I can get that gut level honest, when I can get gut level honest about what the relationship was and wasn't, baby, you can go anywhere from there because it's freedom. It's freedom and honesty. And so, again, um, I encourage sisters to find a space to be able to let go of the promise, the broken promises, and let go of the notion that your life has to be put on hold, um, that you can't continue to pursue your dreams just because you have children. Yes, I definitely agree. Like, it's so important um, for all that you said, you know, like oftentimes um, I feel like we make excuses and I, I talked about like, you know, before outside of the call how um, I used to be ashamed to say I was a single mom, even though I made a decision to leave my child's father, you know, like it's like you made this decision, but now you're out here like not even wanting to talk about it, you know, so I just think, right. you know, it's really about accepting um, what decision we made or if you know you had to leave for x reason or if the person left you like I just think that we have to accept where we are stop making excuses and just do what we have to do you know right right definitely having um you know acceptance is essential it's key um like you said making excuses um I, I think that again Kim and, and you're you're a little bit younger than me society, our parents, our communities, even ourselves, we have attached such a level of shame in being a single mom. And I don't know about you, but people have implied in passing that my father's, the children, my children's fathers were in their lives. And I didn't correct them because of the shame. How it made me look um, to other people. And so I had to start getting honest about the shame you know, and start accepting that I am a single mom based on decisions that I made in my past that were not healthy decisions for me. And I think that gut level honesty is hard for people. I think it's hard for sisters. I think it's easier to give the man all the blame and not take responsibility for ourselves. And mind you, every situation is not the same. And I know that. I know that we all didn't walk into single motherhood the same way. Um, but we do have to accept that we are here. This is where we're at, you know, no matter what happens. Um, and like you said, stop making excuses for it. Accept it so that you can move on. Yes, definitely. Um, and another thing is that um, we, I think, I don't know. Well, maybe it's just like this thing that I think that we, um, we begin to start things, right? And we don't stay consistent. So what tips or advice do you have for single moms that, may have started a business but they can't seem to stay consistent you know like they'll start something and then they'll use the kids as an excuse and so how do we move past that tara like what do you advise some of your clients to do when they i guess maybe become a lack of motivation um kind of talk about that a little bit um, I would say first and foremost, like I said, when you don't understand your true calling, your true purpose, you will find yourself inconsistent. You will find yourself 
starting ventures and stopping and starting and stopping. So I, I, I definitely encourage a lot of prayer and a lot of meditation and a lot of honesty about what it is that is your true passion and purpose in life. I think we also have to stop treating our businesses like part-time hustles and we devote all of this energy into our corporate life that we don't devote into our own business, to our own personal life, professional life, I mean, excuse me, personal life. Um, so I think we need to get honest. Like, is this a, an expensive hobby? Is this something that is truly God calling over your life? Um, and how much are you really, truly invested into, you know, this venture? Um, how much help do you need? Um, you know, asking for help is huge for people. It's very hard for people to ask for help. Um, how much are you willing to give of yourself for this venture? I think that, you know, discipline and consistency can be very hard for people. What people don't realize is that if you are a procrastinator in your personal life, you will be a procrastinator in your business life. So we need to get honest. If that is a, if that is a flaw, a character flaw of yours, then you need to seek out the help. If you're not the best organizer, you need to seek out the help. Hey, listen, I don't, have, I don't do very well with schedules. I'm never really on time. Um, I need some help with this. You know, you need to be able to seek out resources outside of yourself in the areas in which you lack. Um, and then sometimes, you know, I find sisters that, you know, they, they present these, these businesses to me, and they're not there because this is what they really want to do. They're there because they saw... Kim online, killing it with TLC, or it works, and she's making all this money, and I'm like, oh, I want to do that too. You know, no well thought out plan. They just see the 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 fruits of your labor, and they want it for themselves, but they're not willing to invest the time and energy that is taking Kim to get there. Um. So, you know, it's, it's, it's really about gut level honesty. It's really about asking for help. It's really about acknowledging that um, you don't necessarily, I mean, excuse me, it's really about acknowledging I don't know how to do A, B, and C, and I need help. Um, I'm, not, I'm not a disciplined person. You know, I lack the ability to be consistent in my own life. Um, and when you can do that, again, you open up the door. I mean, honesty is like the greatest tool that you can use to get to freedom. When you can be honest about, hey, listen, I'm really not devoted to this. And then what I do for my clients, Kim, is I start digging into the core of God. Why aren't you consistent? Why aren't you disciplined? Why don't you love yourself? Why aren't you confident? Why don't you feel you're worthy? Because when we can start getting to that underlying reason of why, into the root of why you're not able to do these things, a lot of times it don't got nothing to do with your business. It don't got nothing to do with your children. Most of my clients, I take them back to their childhood. Where did you receive the message that you weren't good enough? Where did you receive your coping mechanisms, your tools on how to live life, your foundation? Who taught you to be disciplined? Who taught you to be consistent? Because you can't pull from something you don't have. Mm, you know, if I was taught to do A, B, or C, then I can't be expected to do so. So when we can get to the underlying reasonings of why you're unable to do these things, then listen, you can move forward in your business when you can be, you know, honest um, with yourself um, about where, you know, where these character flaws come from. Um, again, who you are in your personal life is going to transfer into your professional life. It has no choice. There's nothing that you can do about it. If you are internally at war with yourself, you are going to be at war with everything on the outside of you. And ultimately, you will self-sabotage. You will use your children. You will use your childhood. You will use your mom. You will use the job. You will use your dad. You will use your husband. You will use everything under the sun as an excuse of why you can't do this thing, this venture. Um, in reality, it's, it's really about you. It's really how you feel about you um, when you begin to self-sabotage those things. So again, if we can get to the underlying nature of why um, you are procrastinating in your business, why you are stopping and starting, um, I'll, I'll take you back to your childhood and show you why. 
And then those are some things that you will have to deal with internally. And when you can have that breakthrough internally, your business life will be changed forever. Wow. So it's really about doing the inner work and trying to figure out where those problems lie. Yes, ma'am. Absolutely. And I think that we try to disassociate my personal life, my professional life, and not realize that it's all your life. (laughs) It's two separate lives that you live. It is all your life and your internal life will always, 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 always spill over into your professional life, no matter what. I don't care if that's on a job, in your business, at school, if you're going to college, it will spill over into it. It will show up and show out. If you don't address it, it will address you. Mm. So I guess like my last question would be to you, um, like when you're talking about running a successful business, right? Like what are the major keys that you would advise somebody to have um, in order to stay afloat? Um, first and foremost, you have to shift your mindset um, as far as running a business and how you conduct yourself in a corporate world. An employee mindset will kill your business. Um, your business doesn't operate and function the same way. You don't have a safety net in entrepreneurship that you have in the corporate world. And so you have to change how you think about paying bills. You have to change how you think about paying yourself. A lot of times entrepreneurs don't even pay themselves in their business. They don't even pay their business. They're just making money. Um, I think that, you know, definitely if you can't afford a coach, you need to get underneath a coach as far as being online and their website and the tools that they put out um, to gain some sort of guidance and mentorship. I have a coach. I'm a coach. I have a coach. Uh, I have a few different people that I, you know, look to for guidance. Um, I think that you need to figure out how you can barter and trade in the areas of your business that you have no expertise. I think that we have to stop trying to figure out how to be all to our business in areas that we're just not experienced in. Um, I think you need to get with a CPA um, and figure out what your business legal structure should be. Oftentimes I find a lot of people operating corporations, LLCs, and they should be sole proprietors. Um, you know, Google University is great, but you still, you know, have to ensure that you actually understand the information that you're reading or that you're watching and listening to. Um, excuse me. Um, you know, uh, building a website for your business, things that allow your business to function and flow. Automation is like the best thing that they have created. You can operate a lot of your business through automation um, in order to free up your time so that you're not constantly working in your business. Your business is actually working for you. Um, I think creating calendars is very important and putting yourself on a schedule. A lot of times what happens is we get into the entrepreneurship world and we think that there's this level of freedom that we don't have to have a schedule. Um, Because girl, I don't work at eight to five. I ain't trying to punch no clock. You still need to put yourself on a schedule. I remember I used to answer the phone for every single phone call that came through. I had my life chaotic. I had to apply a schedule to my life um, and carve out time for myself um, you have to understand when it's time to expand your business. I see people all the time introducing products to their business that there's no demand for, expanding their business that there's no demand for. Because you have a great month this month doesn't mean that you're going to have a great month next month. So you have to start looking at your numbers and projecting your future. Where's my company going to be? six months from now. That's where a great business plan comes into play. Like just because you see something that you want to do, it doesn't mean that you do it tomorrow. Like you really want to plan this thing out as best you can. Um, And, you know, really walking through the steps of a business plan, you know, uh, uh, researching the market so that when you do get out there for your business, you don't find yourself not being able to compete. You don't find yourself shortchanging yourself. Like there's so many things that go along with running a business that 
we miss um, because we're excited. We got this great t-shirt design or we got this great idea. And, you know, once you have built the legs to your business, you know, laid the foundation of how this business is going to operate, um, you know, obviously life shows up and everything doesn't always work the way that you envisioned, but, you know, definitely learning to budget your money better, um, you know, learning to utilize the tools that are online. Like you no longer have to buy a thousand t-shirts. You can print on demand. There's so many ways for us to run businesses that, you know, don't necessarily uh, put us in debt. You don't want to be in debt with your business. You know, you want um, to ensure that you have a consistent flow of money coming in. Um, what does that budget look like for marketing? What does it look like for, you know, sponsored ads, um, branding? What does it look like, um, you know, as far as your, your website is concerned or your business cards are concerned, um, you know, how you're presenting yourself? Um, you know, there's many different facets of business and you have to decide how much are you willing to invest in it because um, it's going to cost you. Um, you know, and in order to keep yourself afloat, sometimes you really do have to grow slowly. You have to say, listen, I can't afford, you know, $500 a month in marketing. So I'm not going to splurge and spend that money when the reality is where I'm at in my business right now, the demand isn't there, you know, um, and me putting this $500 in marketing, okay, so I put the $500 in marketing. If you get the response that you're, re that you're not ready for, you will topple your business. I saw a young lady, and I'm going to share this with you all before we wrap up. I saw a young lady have a really great t-shirt design, a really great concept. Her business was growing faster than she could keep up. She was oversaturating her market. She didn't have the money to keep up with the demand. And eventually she had to close her business because she got, you know, 100 t-shirt sales and she couldn't even put out 50. You know why? Not because they didn't, the, the money wasn't there as far as the t-shirt sales. She didn't have the manpower to produce the, 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 to, to produce the t-shirt. There was nobody but her. So again, being honest about what it is that you can handle. Do you have a team or don't you have a team? If you're a solopreneur, you absolutely have to be honest about where you are and what you can afford to do. And then plan that thing out so that you can, you can budget it in a manner in which your growth meets where you are versus where you're not, uh, most definitely. Awesome. I definitely think those are like major keys that you shared. And I'm so thankful that you have taken out the time today to sit down and, you know, just shed some light on these issues that we have when trying to run a business. So I really appreciate it. And if you will, just take the time out to let everybody know um, where they can find you. And I forgot to mention your latest book. So I know you mentioned it earlier, but talk about that a little bit. And let everybody know where they could find the book and then I will actually link your book in the show notes as well as your social media and website. Uh, awesome. Um, single in the City, The Single Mother's Guide to Entrepreneurship. You can find it on Amazon and CreateSpace. You can also find it on my website, um, www.tarajackson.com as well as www.respectthequeen.com. The book is a guide for women who are wanting to open a business or recently opened a business, very much a startup book for entrepreneurs um, who so happen to be single moms, giving them tips, tools, and strategies on how to take things. Say, for instance, you know, your homegirl who loves to cook um, and how to build a business based on your passion, based on the things that you love, a bunch of different tidbits of information um, on how to budget, how to gain capital, how to pay your business, as well as strategies on, you know, how to incorporate healthy people into your life. I had to, you know, throw that in there as well and having a support system as a single mom 
um, incorporating the kids into your business, you know, finding again what, what it means for you as far as work-life balance. So it's definitely a great book for women who are aspiring to be an entrepreneur or they're early on in the game and they really just have no idea what they're doing or how to, you know, convey their thoughts, take their ideas and manifest them into reality. Um, also have um, an event coming up in June, the second and the third, I am putting on a two-day retreat for intensive um, therapeutic healing for women, including women who are entrepreneurs and single moms who have experienced some sort of trauma. We're going to be out here in Decatur, Georgia. Um, it's called Broken Pieces from Trauma to Transformation. Hey, I hope you have learned a lot from this episode. And if you have, you learned something new or you just learned something that you didn't know, please take the time out to leave us a review. You can do that if you're listening in Apple Podcasts or over on SoundCloud. We would greatly appreciate it. And again, if you missed any of the previous episodes, go back and check them out. This series has been phenomenal. And the episodes contain so much knowledge that these ladies have dropped. So I encourage each and every one of you to go ahead and do that, okay? If you want to connect with me, I'm over on Instagram at Single Black Motherhood. Also on Facebook at Single Black Motherhood. And you can check out the website www.singleblackmotherhood.com. Don't forget to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. This completes the Build Bank brand series. So guys, I hope that you learned a lot. Again, I felt that this was like amazing. And until next week, thanks for listening. Bye.